Welcome back to Between Two White Coats, a podcast designed to help you be the healthiest version of yourself. I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, a family medicine doctor. And I'm her co-host, Amber Foster, a family nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a lot. We're discussing key issues surrounding health and wellness, answering some of our biggest questions, overcoming health obstacles, and giving patient-centered advice in hopes of educating you and providing the tools you need to live a healthy life. If you find our podcast helpful, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will help other people find our podcast. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to serving you. Thank you for joining us today on Between Two White Coats. And today we are really pleased to have a third white coat with us, Dr. Juan Lacayo, who is a neurologist, and he is going to help us navigate the world of headaches. This is very near and dear to my heart and probably my husband's as well because I struggle with migraines. I have had them since I was about 10. And so living with migraines and living with headaches, I feel like they're different. I'm sure Dr. Lacayo will tell us that. But um, having to kind of rearrange life because my head hurts has been, which I, I tried not to take off work or not to tried not to miss school. I had one exam in college when I was in nursing school. We weren't allowed to miss exams and I went to class vomiting because I knew I couldn't miss and my teacher was like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm used to suffering through this because I didn't want to fail that test. Um, and she was like, oh my goodness, go home. Like this is, this is not normal. I don't get you vomiting in my, <laughs> in classroom, my classroom, but, but it was what I had fun. gotten used to. And yeah. so, and what I have lived with. And so, um, of course now I have different modalities and different things that I do to help with my migraine symptoms and kind of know now, like I'm 40, so I've lived with them for about 30 years. So I kind of know the pattern of my migraine and what to expect. But sometimes that's very tricky for people and trying to figure out like, what do I do? And is this normal? And um, so I'm excited to talk to you today about like, what are, what are headaches and tell us what you know. Um, so just in general, that's a big question. Absolutely. Go for that. <laughs> good, good luck. So, uh, a headache, you know, anything that hurts from here on up technically is a headache. Uh, so some of our most common headaches are tension headaches and migraine headaches and a headache at the back of the head where there's a nerve there. We call it an occipital nerve headache. Uh, and then uh, any other headache will fall into those categories um, except for the headache that you get from your spouse. That's a different <laughs> one. Um, and maybe a headache that comes from the nerve to the face. Uh, you know, quick anatomy lesson is that we got four nerves that does the feeling from here on up. You know, two in the face, one on each side, and two in the back, one on each side. And so any kind of head pain, no matter where it is, has to go through those nerves. Those are the types of headaches. You want to hear about tension headaches? Go yeah, for it. Yeah, let's talk about right. tension headaches. Uh, a tension headache is something that you can uh, have, and it's annoying. It's just there. You can wake up with them. You can go to bed with them. It might feel like a tight hat or a tight band. Maybe like so someone typically put, here. Yes. Is what you're thinking. Yeah, okay. on both sides, across the forehead, across the temples. Sometimes it could be the top of the head, like someone just put a heavy brick there and left it there. Uh, they usually don't interfere with your ability to live your life. You know, it doesn't mess with your vision or your speaking. It's just annoying, uh, and it can go all day long. It could be days, weeks, months on end. Most tension headaches are due to just that, tension or poor sleep. Uh, poor sleep, if you think about it, is just more stress on the body. So stress and poor sleep probably explain 95% of the tension headaches in my experience. That last 5% is could be from 
uh, let's see, taking too much Tylenol, and now you're addicted to Tylenol and you don't even know it. We call it medication overuse headache. Um, now, 1% of tension headaches could be a brain tumor. Um, so at some point, if you have them, we should get it checked out. Try to figure out what's the cause. Is this stress? Is this sleep? Are you taking too much of any over-the-counter medicines? Or do you have a brain tumor? Um, so that's what we got to figure out with tension headaches, which is different from a migraine headache. A migraine headache is usually one part of the body. Uh, excuse me, one part of the head. It could be on the left side or in the front or in the back. It has more of a heartbeat in your head feeling where it's pounding, it's throbbing. Uh, you start getting sensitive to extra stimuli, get sensitive to light, noise, movement, commotion. They usually hit for hours at a time. Sometimes they can go for a few days, uh, but when they hit for hours at a time, the criteria is at least four hours, and sleep may help. So most people will try to find a dark, quiet space to try to sleep them off. Uh, and that's what migraine headaches are. And they can be severe, they can be debilitating. What a lot of people have already known if they have migraine headaches is, let's say you have a migraine on a Monday. You go to sleep, you're able to sleep it off, but Tuesday, you have this uh, migraine hangover. Mm -hmm. you know, yes, you, you do. Yes, feeling foggy. Like a foggy, yeah. Feeling just not quite right, not quite sharp. And, you, well, you got to go to work then, you know, feeling a little foggy-headed in, in that respect. There's a third day I like to describe the patients where the migraine is kind of hovering, is sitting there, threatening. It doesn't hurt, but it's sitting there. And even with that type of headache, you could... Um, well, maybe not be in pain, but it still interferes with your thinking or your mm. speaking. So if you're talking about one migraine, you could have the threatening day, the migraine day, the migraine hangover day, and you can see easily how that one migraine could take three days uh, preventing you from living your life. With migraines, people will sometimes get nausea and vomiting. Um, other ways that people might distinguish um, whether they're having migraines versus some other type of headache. Now, everything you've described, I think the pulsatile, the pulsating headache uh, is one that kind of stands out for me or more like on one side or around your, your mm -hmm. eyes. Sometimes people will describe um, but uh, I find that patients have self-diagnosed their headaches where they'll come in and tell me, I have terrible migraines. And sometimes they're right, many times they're right. But if people are trying to kind of piece this together, other mm -hmm. characteristics? Um, that's a, a great thing we bring up because some people say I have a sinus headache. You know, when all has been said and done, brain scans, nose scans, you all the all the kind of scans, that most sinus headaches ends up being diagnosed as migraine headaches. Mm. So most people who say, I have a sinus headache, usually it's going to be a migraine headache. Interesting. Um, and so migraines, we're going to have uh, maybe sensitive to light or noise or movement, uh, sometimes all the above. Uh, sometimes there'll be triggers if people can put it two and two together saying, I had a migraine. Well, I ask you, what did you eat or drink 15, 20 minutes before? A lot of times it's not obvious until you keep doing it and then realize that this is what it is. Some people could live years of having a migraine trigger and not knowing it. Uh, and so those are migraines um, when you have the major criteria for it. Uh, it often will cause nausea and or vomiting. Uh, I've, I've experienced migraines myself and unfortunately never got to that point. I had nausea once and I was not a fan of it, yeah. not at all. Yeah. 
yeah. you know, and, and then the timing of it. So four hours or more is what a, a migraine has. Sometimes you do not get a warning. Sometimes you get a warning. That warning could be uh, these little flashing lights in your vision, maybe some numbness or tingling somewhere, occasionally difficulty getting your words out and talking. Um, if that happens and, and you don't have a history of migraines before, it's actually important to make sure you get checked out for a stroke first. Yeah. Um, uh, something that a lot of people may not know is that when you have migraines compared to someone who doesn't have migraines that someone with migraines is twice as likely to have a stroke compared to someone who doesn't have a migraine but once you get checked out and you realize it's not a stroke then we realize like this is a migraine Um, and uh, to have recurrent migraines people just need to have maybe four throughout their life Uh, you know if you have four throughout your life we consider ourselves lucky sometimes Occasionally we have one every day or four a week or um, what's less likely is two in a day because once you have a migraine, it's pretty much going to be an all-day affair. And I think one of the things about headaches just in general um, is that, you know, if your thyroid is off, we can do lab work. But migraine or headaches is very subjective information. And so your pain tolerance and my pain tolerance may be different. So sometimes I think that's difficult for patients too because, um, like when you were saying about the speech, sometimes my words will come out crazy. Like my kids are like, Oh, mom's got a headache. Like she's talking crazy. Um, and it's just cause I'm not getting the right word out. And that would make you think like, Oh my goodness, what is wrong with my brain? You know, like it makes right. you feel crazy. Um, and so to have subjective information is hard. Um, especially if you're trying to diagnose and treat them. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're really relying on, I'm, I'm going to have to ask you all the questions I yeah. can think of to try to figure out what is this headache. And, and uh, a lot of people have difficulty in describing what they're experiencing. With men, and I don't know, like, and I haven't read about this in a while, but um, migraine headaches versus cluster headaches, um, are I know they're in the kind of same quote-unquote category, but how would you differentiate um, like a cluster headache versus a migraine headache? Yeah, uh, some people say I have cluster migraines, um, and I think they're just kind of putting those terms together in their head. Uh, a cluster headache is different. You know, the other category is like when you have one of the nerves of your face acting up. The nerve at the back of the head is an occipital nerve, so when it's causing pain, we call it an occipital neuralgia. The nerve at the front of the face, we call it a trigeminal nerve, and sometimes it can act up on its own, and we call that trigeminal neuralgia. But you have these headache types like cluster headaches, which travel uh, in this uh, trigeminal nerve and causes the symptoms. That sounds horrible. It is, because a cluster headache, the reason we call it a cluster is it clusters up a few days in a row. Oftentimes, it'll hit people in the middle of the night. It'll last for 90 minutes, two hours long, and then disappear. But for those 90 minutes to 120 minutes, there is no way. There, there's no way to make it feel better, typically. It's not like a dark, quiet space is going to work. No. People with cluster headaches are usually pacing around the house, trying to put their head under a pillow. Maybe I'm going to bang it against the cupboard. I'm going to put some ice on it. I'm going to hit it with a, um, a hair dryer. Uh, and a lot of times they just don't get any relief during that time when it's hitting them. Completely different. What other types of headaches? I mean, you, you kind of ruled out our sinus headache theory, so right. <laughs> I know, right? Say that. that they're like, I got a sinus headache. Uh-huh. I hear it all yeah. the time. I think the um, the first kind of headache that I don't think I, I heard about in training that I saw in uh, real world, when I became a, a full doctor, um, was where someone had a migraine and I treated them with the appropriate medicine and the migraines went away. And then they started complaining that it felt like a little pin, like a little needle was jabbing them in the scalp in different areas. 
and I wasn't quite sure what this was. And then I went back to a textbook, uh, and there was one paragraph that says uh, stabbing headache. You know, so it's an idiopathic stabbing headache, meaning it feels like a pin on your head seconds at a time and disappears, and we don't know where it comes from. Wow. So, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I, I don't even remember. Don't There's the things I remember forgetting. That's not even something <laughs> I remember forgetting. Right. <laughs> um, when is a headache a medical emergency? When it's uh, a new headache. A new headache is a concern for anyone over 50. You know, because age 50 and you never had a headache before in your life and now you have one, we have to be worried about have you had high blood pressure that you really haven't addressed? You know, is that making it where you have an aneurysm, a little bubble building up in an artery? Um, is there a brain tumor? You know, the, if you have the worst headache in your life, you know, some people may have had a migraine since they were 12 years old, um, but for some reason one day when they're 40, they have the worst headache they have ever experienced. They're describing it's like an ax to my head and it never hurt like that before. Uh, those are some of the, the bold words uh, that when they're describing it says that we got to get this checked out. The things that always make me nervous, uh, as well as everything you've just said, if someone has <laughs> worse headache and vomiting, you know, sometimes increased intracranial pressure can create that kind of vomiting, so bleeds or things of that sort become worrisome. Um, or if there's any other neurologic deficit, like a change in vision, that can happen with migraines or other things, but if someone says, I'm suddenly seeing double, or, mm -hmm. um, or of course, uh, with slurred speech or weakness or or anything else that seems to be coming on with the headache always makes me more worried as well. Yes, and there's a unique thing about migraines is migraines are where there's brain cells that aren't able to do their job. That means they can occur with pain or without pain. And whatever brain cells that are being affected, they can't do their job. If it's the brain cells for your vision, there goes your vision. If it's for your speaking, there goes your speech. Um, if it happens to be your attention center, your alertness center, you can pass out from a migraine. Um, if it's the movement centers, you can get paralyzed on one side from the migraine. Um, and so we call that a hemiplegic migraine, and it can affect people at any age. When it affects them, it will be a week, typically, before it resolves. A week's worth of being weak on or paralyzed on one side of your body from that kind of migraine. So migraines can do anything. Yeah, you would literally have to come visit me at home if that happens. I'm just going to be okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I'm Shelley. There. I'm there Shelley. for <laughs> and, and all those things present like I, the, the way that I, I believe we end up with that diagnosis of these you know, really interesting presenting migraines is to rule out yes. all the other stuff. Absolutely. Um, and, and migraines can be frustrating in that respect because they can look like so many other things um, when right. they're not presenting with actual pain, um, when you don't so much have the headache but you have neurologic loss that's right and, and that's when we're so very thankful for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said that's why it's important if someone has some of these new symptoms or weird symptoms with a headache or without a headache they get checked out first mm -hmm. they get checked out first in an urgent uh, setting in the emergency room call 911 mm -hmm. later on it'll be good news to say this wasn't a stroke or a tumor uh, but this may be a migraine some of my patients who may have a hemiplegic migraine I tell them to go to the emergency room twice for the first time it happened, then they're seeing me, and I ask, the next time it happens, I want you to go back again. You know, and on the third time, okay, I think we know what we've got going on. Right, because we don't want to call it a nothing or a less when it's, we're still not sure. You know, Correct. it's, I think sometimes the fear is, Amber's kind of joked about this, that 
Um, if if you've had migraines and you have these interesting symptoms, you'll consider it your migraine when you could be having a stroke Something and never horrible. know it yeah. because you're going to contribute it to the symptoms that you get with yeah. your migraine. So I think better to have it checked out and make sure. Yeah. What are, um, which, and obviously I'm talking about treatment modality. So I know some of the newer medicines I've been really excited about and have personally taken, and it really has made a huge difference in my life. But what are some of the treatment modalities, like things, medication, any other type of interventions that you guys suggest or or would say, hey, maybe yeah. try massage or try, I don't know, whatever else, relaxation, meditation, right. whatever. It's great. I think for migraines, we have so many uh, more options now. Uh, for tension headaches, it's get to the root of the problem. You know, if it's not sleeping good, fix it. If it's worrying about stuff, fix that. Um, when it comes to migraines, uh, classically, we say it's because the brain cells are acting up, they're misfiring, they wear themselves out, and that's what a migraine is and all the symptoms that come along with it. So if we are talking about preventing migraines, step one is eat right and exercise. Um, <laughs> this is a recurring thing right. we love to talk yes. about. That's correct. You know, step two is making sure that your nutrition is adequate and, and paying attention to when you're getting them. Um, I, I, I like chocolate, probably like a lot of people. Um, and I didn't realize one day where uh, after Halloween and, and I didn't let my kids eat their Halloween candy. You picked out the good stuff. Because it's bad for them. <laughs> it's bad for them. So a lot of times I'll put it, I'll, I'll put it in a big bowl and just bring it to the office and, and, and let people pick at it. Uh, it it's good for uh, the, um, the, the, the the spirit in, in the nice. office. Wow. Yes. But one day I was just in a rush and I said, that I'll grab this little, uh, the, little ball of chocolate that has that little um, cellophane, or excuse me, yeah. the... Um, the tinfoil around it, oh, uh-huh. and I opened it up, ate it, and then 15, 20 minutes later, I could feel the migraine coming on. And that's where I realized that, fortunately, I, uh, my trigger isn't chocolate. It just happens to be maybe that high preservative uh, containing chocolates. Because, uh, you know, those chocolates were meant to last forever. forever. Yeah. And they do. And they, and they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they also give me migraines, so yeah. I'm not touching those again. Right. And it is important we'll ask people to do uh, headache journals or headache logs and kind of look back at what may be triggering your mm-hmm. headache if, and people can sometimes find patterns of something they're eating or something that happens that may be a trigger for them that's right it's good to keep track of it so you know what your triggers are so avoiding those triggers hopefully is a way you can prevent migraines uh, most of the medications we have are to help stabilize brain cells so that they're not going to be so um so uh uh, hyperactive which is what the migraine phenomenon is occurring on the brain and so the medicines have been like that and the medicines we've used for decades have been anti-seizure medicines anti-depression medicines or high blood pressure medicines um, and so they were used for something else and we used them in migraines and uh, they, they can be helpful it's, it's the first line of things that we try but it's always been medications designed for something else that we're extrapolating over to migraines and a lot of these medications or all medications have the potential for their own side effects the nerve of the face call that trigeminal nerve again uh, when it gets activated it releases a little chemical that is something that they've learned 20 years ago but only the past few years they realize that when that face nerve activates releasing a chemical that chemical will transmit signals to the brain and the brain will actually turn into a migraine so if you block that chemical, you can block the migraine. And so that's where some of these new medications are. They're blocking that one chemical that has a really long name for it. 
it actually doesn't have its own name. The name for it means it's close to another gene present, and we have it called CGRP for short. So we're blocking the CGRP with these new medicines, which has been uh, game-changing because they're medicines meant from the ground up to treat migraines. Some of them will prevent migraines. Some of them will treat each migraine as they occur. And, and there's one that actually has indication for doing both. Um, but the side effects of them tend to be very mild because it's just blocking that inflammatory chemical and it's doing very little to the rest of the body. So when do you uh, change from the more traditional migraine medicine? So if someone is listening and they've been on uh, a blood pressure pill like propranolol to prevent their migraines um, or they're on other older medicines, um, when, would you, when do you switch them? Um, when insurance says, uh, no, no, right. yeah, that's, no. that is always that is the so answer. Exactly. No. Um, no, but uh, what happens is most insurance says, this is what we've been doing for a while. You've been taking these medicines, keep taking these medicines. You got to go through one, two, sometimes three of them yeah. before they start opening up for newer medicines. And so from a, neuro from a neurologist and headache expert standpoint, um, would you start people on the newer medicines right off, or are there some of the more traditional medicines that you feel like, well, these, these medicines are superior or just as good? Um, it depends on the individual, but for the new medicines, I would start them from day one. I really would. And we find this a lot yeah. for people who aren't familiar that uh, to get a prior authorization, everybody knows what a prior oh. authorization is because they get told, your doctor can do a prior authorization. But prior, we can do lots of prior authorizations. It does not mean the insurance is going to approve the medicine. And so you have to often show that they failed a cheaper medicine, which is typically then the older medicines that maybe weren't as specific to migraine. And, and sometimes a fail can be that their headache wasn't well controlled on mm -hmm. it. And sometimes a fail can be that they're having intolerable side effects. And so right. some people's blood pressure will go too low on propranolol and they stand up and they get woozy or feel lightheaded a lot, um, or they'll have other uh, intolerance to um, topiramate, or, um, and maybe they've been dealing with it, they you know feel lightheaded all the time, but um, now we do have some other options, so it's worth the discussion to say, maybe I don't have to take this medicine, maybe there's something better. And then right. what about the triptans? Traditionally, um, Imitrex, Umatriptan, and all of the other triptan-like medicines, um, I have been our abortive medicines for migraine. So once you get a headache, this is what we would suggest if people could tolerate those. Um, uh, what patients who have been using triptans might want to consider whether these newer medicines might be uh, the right answer for them? Yeah, it's, that's a, a good thing to bring up because a lot of people who take the triptan class of medicines, and I think there's at least nine of them, um, is that they have their own risks for side effects. You know, sometimes it can raise blood pressure. So if someone has high blood pressure, we might want to avoid it. Um, they uh, cause vasoconstriction or, or tighten up the arteries, and that's probably why it's raising the blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And so people who have uh, any heart disease or coronary artery disease, uh, we might want to avoid using triptans for those people. Um, they do work on the brain chemistry, and some of that makes it where your face feels hot. Uh, you feel like an uh, elephant sitting on your chest. Um, you know, it feels like elephants just squatted on your head. Um, and so a lot of those side effects can occur with the triptans. If they work without side effects, uh, fantastic. 
but if they partially work, um, that means that maybe I went from a, a 10 out of 10 migraine, I took my triptan, now I'm at a 5 out of 10, but you still have the headache. Um, so that's another person who would be a good consideration for trying uh, one of the newer medicines. With the triptans, I've taken them personally, and I, um, if I took that... I could not, like, I would not be able to come to work. It made me very, very sleepy. Now, it would be great for when I needed to sleep off a migraine, but, like, to be able to come and function, I couldn't do that. So the newer meds have really helped me with that, and I haven't taken them in two years. Yeah, yeah. I think that I, it's a um, really frustrating balancing act for people who struggle with migraines mm -hmm. because they are trying to go about their life. And if people have repeat migraines, they end up missing a lot of work or having other things that they're missing out on. And so then you're in this balancing act of, well, do I just go to work with this terrible headache or do I go to work and take my trip down and I'm sleepy and kind of out like of it all day? Space cadet. Yeah. That's what I call myself yeah. when I do it. And, like and some people cadet. can tolerate the trip tans and be very functional, but some people are very yeah. sleepy or, or not functional on the trip yeah. tans, which, like you said, if you're going to bed, that's one thing. But if you have, have to little go to children work, or go into work, yeah. like you don't want to feel like that. Yeah. And so yeah. I think uh, for people to know that there's a lot of newer medicines out there, and if you have, a lot of people have, like uh, Amber said, have struggled with migraines for a long time. And so you find something that is good enough. Um, and if you're in that sort of, this isn't great, it takes my headache from a 10 to a six where I can go to work and function, but it may be worth a discussion if you haven't uh, talked with anyone about your headaches in years because there are so many other options available now. Absolutely. Which you said that was like one of the number, that's the number one thing that you that you see, right, you, in your practice. So you talk a lot about headaches. Yeah, I, I do. I could recite this in my sleep over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and headaches are common. Yeah. Headaches are a common problem. And people tend to come and see us when things hurt. Yeah. You know, not, people mm -hmm. don't come and say, you've got to fix my blood pressure as often as I see got to fix my headaches because uh, it's terrible to be in that kind yeah, of pain. So I think you know some of the important take-home messages are there are some headaches and it is not the overwhelming majority but there are some headaches that are medical emergencies when they come with neurologic symptoms when it's the worst headache of your life um, and uh, we would rather you have those looked at before you say oh it's a migraine or it's a um, you know, we, we need to rule out the bad stuff and those really bad uh, headaches. Um, and then there are a number of more common headaches, tension type headaches, where it feels like you're getting your head squeezed um, and that there's a lot of over-the-counters that you can use for those and most people will start popping those over-the-counters a little too liberally. And uh, when people have had a lot of tension headaches, we often will find that they've now induced a prolonged headache by using too much of the over-the-counter headache medicine. And so don't think because you could buy it without a prescription that it doesn't potentially do some harm. So <laughs> right. be careful of overuse of those over-the-counters on your tension headaches. Um, and then migraine headaches that are very common um, and that we have a lot of new treatments for, which is very exciting. I think one of the more exciting things that's happened in medicine in recent yeah. years is all of the advancements in migraines. Um, and if you are struggling with headaches, that there's a lot of help out there for you. Mm -hmm. um, any take-homes on headaches that we want to make sure people are taking away? I think it's an, important to know that every time you have a headache, that you're, uh, you're being robbed of living your life. You know, I think a lot of them, a lot of people, including myself, who've had a migraine, there's been a moment where we might have missed a kid's practice or a kid's recital. 
you know, and um, if there's ever a time where a family member uh, says, yeah, I remember that time I did this, but you had a headache, it's like we need to treat them. Yeah. You know, we can treat them, we can treat them well, and that we really should uh, seek all options available to us to do so. Thank you for saying that, because yeah. I think when people struggle with anything, it becomes their new normal. And it doesn't have to be. There's a lot of help out there. And uh, so thank you for helping that call to action that if your headache is keeping you from living your best life, then see one of us white coats so that we can help you with that. Thank you so much for joining us today. We like to end you on a good note. Today's Tell Me Something Good is staff babies. We have several staff members that are pregnant. We are so excited to add these new little teammates. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, take care of yourself.